What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Creator Spotlight here at Rocket Punch. Um, I'm your usual host that you guys love hearing here, Cameron. I am joined today from someone very, very far away from where we currently are. Um, normally, we talk to a lot of people around here and at least within the surrounding area, but this is uh, the first time we're talking to someone overseas and it's super super awesome um really glad to kind of get a chance to do this here i'm here with pete here from gaming careers uh pete how are you doing today i'm very well yes it is a different time zone that is for sure <laughs> i know probably was... should have done the interview when i was over in canada just like a couple of weeks ago for a holiday it would have been easier for us both i'm sure but... oh, well funny enough i think the stars aligned because i'm normally off today now and so it was really weird. Normally I'm working today, but as we were planning this, my company said, Hey, we're going to do this different schedule. So you're going to be off on this day. And I said, that's perfect. So the stars aligned. <laughs> it's it's great. And plus you don't want to record an interview on your vacation time. Take that time. That is true. Relax, have a good time. Um, but no, for people who don't know, uh, Pete is running the YouTube channel here, gaming careers. Uh, it's a very, very cool YouTube channel to kind of help people, grow their YouTube and Twitch and video presence. I, funny enough, I'm just going to let him explain that to us here. Let's get started. Pete, uh, number one, tell us about yourself and gaming careers. Like, what is it? So gaming careers um, is an idea that I had probably two years ago. I think I started it. Well, coming up to two years anyway, um, to hopefully teach people how to create content and live stream because uh, it was just such a booming market, but there wasn't that much good information out there about how to set all these things up. And it's quite a complex process. Um, so yeah, I just started it with this whim of an idea. I already had quite a lot of experience in that field, uh, both yeah. through university, as well as just always being obsessed with games and Twitch when it came out and things like that. So I, I had quite a lot of knowledge about it and I thought there's not any good tutorials. So let's start creating tutorials. And then from there, it's just blown up to this thing that is all encompassing and I just couldn't have ever imagined it. But yeah, essentially the channel is tutorials for gamers who want to create a career through live streaming or through content creation. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. I remember, I don't think I was ever told about your channel. I think I just stumbled across it. Uh, probably like on Twitter or social media, you know, somebody retweeted something from somebody and it popped up. I'm like, Oh, this is really interesting. Especially for what we do at rocket punch here, where we do a lot of Twitch content we do a lot of YouTube or we're, we're, we're trying to get into back into our YouTube roots here and get a lot of gaming videos out and kind of watching your content. I know I was sitting there like, man, this is really good content and really informational. Number one, like, why haven't I heard more about this guy? Why haven't I seen more stuff like this from everybody else? We need to talk to this guy. Um, and so it's, it's really cool to kind of see what you're doing there with gaming careers and kind of helping up and comers. Cause there's, especially now it's 2018. There are a lot of people that are doing that. A lot of people that are coming up and wanting to, you know, as Twitch and YouTube and streaming and videos and content creation is kind of going up on the rise. A lot more people are jumping into that field. And so having a place for people to go and check out that information or find tips and tricks, especially if they don't know, or they're having trouble with something is really something awesome. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I, I felt like it's kind of grown into this resource of information. So if somebody does want to get into live streaming and mm -hmm. 
has no idea how to, they probably do end up stumbling upon one of my videos, which which has been amazing that I've been able to, you know, have search results on YouTube that answer these big questions. But the idea behind the channel, I hope, is that if somebody finds one of my videos, they then check out the channel and there's 30 plus videos answering all the questions that they didn't even know that they had yet, you know, how to remove a green screen or how to make their microphone sound good and all these kind of things. Because it is a complex process setting up a live stream. And I think a lot of people have just heard about live streaming in the last year, six months, and they think, oh, I like playing computer games. I'm going to do it as well. And they don't realize actually there's a lot to set up and there's a lot to learn outside of the setup, like in terms of the soft skills that you need as well. So the channel's kind of evolved as the market has. Um, and it's certainly been dominated more by live streaming videos rather than content creation videos. But the idea behind it is however you want to make a career out of gaming, I'm going to try and help you through tutorials. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. I remember, I wish I would have known you like, or known about you about a year ago when we were setting up um, Twitch streams here at Rocket Punch. And I remember it took me a good while to figure out how the green screen worked and changing the filter and OBS and all this other crap. So it's really cool that there people have that avenue now that they can go in here and say, oh man, this is a really informative, high quality video that somebody can watch to say, okay, this is how, this is how I do it. If I follow this, boom, I'm good to go. And they don't have to struggle with it. Um, what are some, of, what's some of the equipment? I know you've got a, probably got a ton of equipment out there, um, but some of the kind of the general questions here, what, are, what's some of the equipment that you use at gaming careers to kind of help make your videos and help make your content? That's something that's definitely changed over the two years that I've been running the channel. Um, and I want to put a caveat before I like recommend any gear is that you, you should just start with what you have. Like if you want to start a YouTube channel, smartphones now are so good. Even if you've got a smartphone from like five years ago, it is good enough to record video. You don't need a DSLR camera. You don't need fancy lenses. You don't need all this amazing lighting. The biggest selling point when you're starting out on, on any of these platforms, it doesn't matter what social platform you're talking about is the quality of your content. And when I say quality, I don't mean the visual quality or the audio quality. I just mean the actual value that you're providing somebody. So if you're starting a comedy channel, you know, is it funny? It, there's plenty of examples of comedians on YouTube or entertainers on Twitch. If you go back to their really early recordings, they don't have good equipment and they are just entertaining and you can build an audience purely from entertainment. That being said, yes, I do have a lot of very nice equipment now that I've, <laughs> <laughs> now that I've taken this full time. Um, and as the channel has sort of grown past a hundred thousand subscribers, companies do start to reach out to you, which is awesome. And they want you to use their products. And, you know, certainly as you grow bigger and bigger, the, the quality of the company that contacts you increases as well. So like, um, I, I'm now very lucky to have lots of very nice equipment, much of it I haven't needed to buy, but I didn't start that way. And I certainly wouldn't recommend people going and spending hundreds or thousands of pounds or dollars, um, to get set up on any of these platforms. Yeah. I, it should be the kind of thing that happens like once you're earning enough to be able to spend that money back and reinvest in your setup, then that makes sense. But usually the way things work like this is that the first six months, first year, maybe the first three years are going to be a real uphill struggle. And you're going to have to just keep creating content as your audience builds before you start to get all of these awesome perks of monetization and, you know, sponsored programs and things like that. So 
Yes, I do have lots of nice equipment. I can list some of that out for you, but my, my takeaway definitely for anybody listening who is starting out or who's, who has been streaming or creating content on YouTube for a little while would be that just keep going with the gear that you have because it's a, a massive misconception that people think that you need the latest gear, the latest camera um, to get good. A, a really good example of that is a YouTuber from the US called MKBHD, Marcus Brownlee. He's like a okay. tech YouTuber, yeah. probably the biggest tech YouTuber, covers, you know, mobile phones and computers and things like that. I'm, I'm a big Apple he, fan, so he does a lot of Apple stuff. Exactly, yeah. He covers a lot of the latest tech. But if you go back and watch his early content, he's left it all up. He created 100 videos. And when he'd finished his, no, sorry, for, before he hit 100 subscribers, he, he had created like 70 plus videos. So if you just think about that, he was still creating content, you know, he was on his 40th video, his 50th video, and he still had less than 100 subscribers. Certainly didn't reinvest. The camera quality is bad. The mic is bad. He's just talking into a webcam, but it's the perfect example of just starting and keeping going on that journey until you can then reinvest rather than spending a load of money and then regretting it two months later when you decide that actually this hustle, and it is a hustle, isn't for you. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that's a good point. Like, you make a good point in the caveat with that. I know that when we started here at Rocket Punch, we had nothing. I mean, we had four or five people sitting around uh, in a round table with one Yeti mic on the t <laughs> on the table. It's a good and mic. It's a good mic. <laughs> it is a good mic. Probably not good enough for five people. But... <laughs> and um, I remember us sitting there and listening to the audio because every once in a while i go back to our first podcast that we did and man you could like there's so much echo you could barely hear anybody but uh like you talked about pete the content was there and, and we had that flow and as we got bigger and grew and reached more ears we were able to get more uh, better quality equipment to where now we have a, a midi interface and we have multiple microphones that we sit and hook up and um, I know one of the big things, and especially because podcasting for us is what we started out as, is that a lot of people come in when they listen to our stuff. They comment now. I'm like, man, you guys, the quality of your audio is really, really great. You guys are doing a great job. I'm like, yes, that's great. But, you know, don't don't just assume that you have to get the best mic there. Go back to our first couple of episodes. Mm. The quality was not that great. Um, but we still kept continuing to do our things. And now here we are now. So it's really, those are really good points. It's a really good um, statement to make is that when you are creating that content, don't let high quality equipment and all that stuff kind of scare you away from, mm, I don't have the money to do that. You know, I remember us recording on cell phones when we were doing videos. Mm. Um, so you definitely making a good point. And I even like, I know watching some of your videos, Pete, some of your earlier videos, I could definitely see the quality and a lot of stuff improve over time. So, you know, I definitely, agree with you there and uh, complete side note congrats on a hundred thousand subscribers on your channel thank That's you very awesome. much yeah big milestone don't know quite how we've hit it so quickly but <laughs> i guess that's just the the amazing community that we've built yeah it's really great oh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about all of this you can don't give stuff away just yet we're gonna get to that um let's jump through a little bit of the um kind of the process for you um with gaming careers what motivated you to start doing game careers or gaming careers um and kind of creating this youtube channel i know you talked about it was just kind of like a an idea that you had but like what really motivated you to kind of say you know what i'm going to start doing this i'm going to make this happen i think probably the 
first thing that came about was that I was working as a freelance filmmaker um, and trying to get as many like esports and gaming gigs as I could. Mm-hmm. So typically I would work with like a, one of these big esports companies and I would go and um, film their team playing in a tournament over a week or something like that and then create a video afterwards of their tournament run you know if they did well that would make a really great video you could see all their practice you could see you know some of the issues behind the scenes and people love that kind of video content and i i love producing it but it got to a point for me where i much preferred the teaching aspect rather than the actual creating of content so it was great to fly to different countries and film different teams and things like that but I realized what I really enjoyed was teaching people little tricks in editing or in filming, you know, just having a conversation with another camera person that's at this event and talking about how they set up their camera and things like that. Yeah. So I came back and I was thinking, do I want to keep doing this, you know, for the next five, 10 years? And I just, I don't really know where it came to me. I have this memory definitely of sitting in my bed one morning with my laptop and just having this idea and writing down 200 video ideas. Like it sounds like a massive task, but honestly, it probably took me less than an hour. I just wrote down, you know, um, how to use OBS, um, differences between OBS and XSplit, which graphics card to get for streaming, how do you edit a gaming video? Like I just wrote down 200 ideas because I wanted to see, does this idea have enough content behind it for me to keep creating it over the next five years? Yeah. And it's been two years. I think I've uploaded like <laughs> 40 videos of that 200 and I probably added another hundred to it since. So like, it seems to me like it's just a never ending list. And because so many companies are getting into live streaming and content creation and things like that. Now there's more and more content always being released. Um, so that's the memory of like, when I started it, I don't know if I had the capacity to understand how big it was going to be, and how, <laughs> how big it's grown, but Does I anybody? certainly started it with you. I don't know. It's, it still <laughs> boggles my mind that I am now in, now doing this as my full-time job because I 100% did not start it with any intention of that. I thought I'll just upload a few videos. Hopefully they'll get some traction and I'll help a few people. But I, I honestly didn't even think about the monetization aspect even back then, but it so quickly grew into something that was paying, you know, a little bit of money to me each month. And then it was just about kind of growing that and seeing if there was the support from the community to, to take it full time and thankfully there has been yeah most definitely i think the community has spoken loud and well that yes they're completely down with your content and what you're doing there and that's that's awesome and i know that even one of the things i know i've thought about it lately was that sometimes some people may think this is like a I hate using this term but a young person's game per se, like you got to be like straight out of college, you know, 16, 17, 18, especially when you see these young content creators. And, but we still see content creation from people all over the spectrum, young and old. And, uh, I think the cool thing in the thing I get from your story is that you can start this and do this at any time. It's not mm. something that has to be like, when I grow up, I'm going to be a content creator. Um, you just be like, you know, especially in your case, Pete, from what it sounds like, you just decided, Hey, I want to change. I want to do this. This is what I, I like doing this. And I want to see, I, w- I want to try it. It wasn't even like, I have this plan. Uh, I've got this five-year roadmap, 10-year roadmap of I'm going to make money. I'm going to be a billionaire and everything like that. But just like, Hey, I'm going to go in here. I want to create these videos and you know, let's see what happens. Hmm. And it was, it's C- certainly how it started for me. Yeah. 
I I think it's such a new career type that even, you know, telling friends and family that I wanted to take it full time when I was, you know, cr close to crossing 100,000, that still seemed like a strange conversation to have with people, <laughs> never mind, like, thinking about it from the very start as a career option. So I think you kind of have to just take it in that way of starting it as a hobby. And if you put in enough work and, and there is an audience for it, then maybe down the line, you can end up doing this full time, but it's, I don't recommend anybody starts with that attitude. Yeah. That's, yeah start because you start because you love the content and you want your content to exist somewhere on the internet. Yeah. That's it. It's always, that's always got to be the base. You've got to have that passion for it. If you don't have the passion for it, then it won't matter how big or small you grow. Um, you, you're always going to feel something's wrong. Or you're just not going to be motivated, especially when things get bigger and scale up um, there. So that's definitely good advice. Um, so you mentioned that you were a videographer. You did a lot of esports and gaming coverage there. Um, how was your previous experience in videography kind of helped you out in running gaming careers? Um, I don't know how much it has, but it's always one of those things where it will have affected it a lot more than I think it has. One of the nice things was, um, I obviously knew some of the basics about setting up a, setting up a framing of a shot and, you know, how to record audio properly. But I think the main, I, I actually didn't know that much about filming or I certainly didn't know anything about being on camera. Um, when I watch back at my earlier videos, it does make me cringe, but I like seeing that growth myself of being better on camera being better at all aspects of creating these videos but the main thing that i was good at before i started this channel was editing i'd done a lot of freelance video editing mm. quite quick around um premiere pro i don't do anything complex but i i was quite efficient with my time um and obviously my videos aren't super complex in terms of editing there's no crazy graphics um but one of the things that I feel like has definitely benefit, benefited me was I could get my content from being filmed to being uploaded quite quickly. Yeah. Um, so the main thing I would take away from my freelance days as a filmmaker was the editing side of things. Because actually I did a lot more editing than I did filming. Some of these projects I would go out and there would be a separate camera person who would film all the content and then it would just be sent over to me to then make the, the video afterwards and edit it all together. Um, some of them I did go out and film myself, but I certainly thought of myself more as an editor rather than as a filmmaker. Yeah. And, and, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You're the expert, not me. I'm just some guy that talks into a microphone. Uh, so am I, <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would feel that especially a lot of times, at least my watching, like seeing content creation a little bit, I know now it, you, that the editing parts, usually the harder of the two. Because recording the film, yet yeah, you do have your shots and whatnot, but there is a there is a ton of work that goes on the back end, especially when making kind of custom clips and videos. Am I am I wrong in assuming that? I think it completely depends on the content. Okay, like you you can get away with. I, that's the whole thing about live streaming, right? Is that you have no editing. Okay. So <laughs> certainly on YouTube, you can you can create the video that you want to create if you put enough time into it. But with live streaming, you're on camera and there is no editing and you can certainly have things set up the way that you want, but when it's live, it's live, uh, yeah. which is one of the exciting things. That's one of the attractions of, of people that want to watch things that are live. I think it's the fact that anything can happen and you can influence the show uh, with any of your actions. But YouTube, 
it doesn't really matter when you're starting out if you aren't good at editing. There's plenty of good tutorials. I'm not even going to plug my own channel, but Google <laughs> around. There's plenty of good tutorials about learning to edit. You don't even need expensive software for that. There's plenty, like, pretty sure if you start on Windows or you start on Mac, you have a free editing software. I know that DaVinci has like some free software as well, which is a bit more consumer grade. And uh, you can learn these skills as you grow your YouTube I, channel or your Twitch channel. I That's the best used, way to do it. I have used... Um windows of the free movie maker app on windows and that that's where we all started man yeah <laughs> that is and that has worked completely well so i definitely understand on that point definitely um next part here you talked about community earlier uh, especially you know with you getting to over a hundred thousand subscribers on your gaming careers channel on youtube that's a that's a huge community. That's a very strong and passionate community for your content, Pete. Uh, how has it felt for you, kind of building your community and having it at its current state? I mean, it, like again, hundred thousand subscribers. That's nothing to shake a stick at by any means. Um, how's that felt, kind of getting that building the community and getting it to that point for you? It's one of those things that it still seems so strange to say. Like the the size of it is is so crazy but i still think there's a long way to go and your mindset kind of adjusts as you grow so i remember even hitting a thousand subscribers and being like wow there's actually a thousand people that you know enjoy this content enough that they want to be notified of my next video and obviously now when i say a thousand i don't think that's that big but then i certainly remember what it felt like to hit that goal yeah. and it's it's talked about a lot on the internet but i do want to reiterate the point that like your first 100 subscribers are harder than going from 100 to 1000 and then going from 100 to 1000 is harder than getting to 10,000. It is a snowball effect and like, yes, I crossed a hundred thousand, but I feel like the biggest goal is actually getting to a hundred and getting to 1000 subscribers. That is definitely the harder bit because once the snowball starts on these platforms, YouTube, especially you create more content, there's more ways for people to arrive at your videos and then there's more, um, recommendations for them that are your videos and then they go onto your channel and they see that there's a lot of content that they do like so they want to subscribe mm -hmm. but like the very first step creating your first three four videos and trying to build momentum from there that is definitely the hardest part part and a lot of people give up at that stage because it is a real hustle now my channel in a way is kind of on autopilot obviously i still work full time and i work hard at it <laughs> but i've just been on holiday for two weeks and i've still seen growth over my youtube channel even wow. though i haven't you know, been able to put more content up. I did have some scheduled releases, but the point stands that once these things start going, they they kind of build up momentum exactly like a snowball does going downhill. So the hardest part is the start for sure. And the, the, the community has just been the craziest aspect of it. Like there's, there's so many people that I want to meet now in real life. People, you know, I have Patreons, people that uh, give me money every month to keep doing what I'm doing. And that to me is just the most mind boggling thing <laughs> that there are people out there that are, you know, nice enough to do that. And I, I wish I could meet every single one in person and hopefully events like TwitchCon, which is a big conference that's happening in a month's time um, in America, I'll be able to meet a lot of these people, but the, the community has been the most incredible part of this whole journey. And it has been the reason that I've been able to go full time. You know, there was a point where I was, debating going full time. And I spoke to a few people in the community and this starting of a Patreon um, campaign has been 
what allowed me to make the jump and be able to cut my salary from my full-time job to to going full-time on it so for me the community has been everything and it's i have a discord server and things like that where i really get to interact with people Mm -hmm. one-on-one and it's it's amazing it's always amazing hearing that your videos have reached people um but it's something else when you can have a conversation with them you know either in person or at least over uh, over the internet like we're doing um that's that's the most rewarding part of this whole thing it's not money or being able to do it full-time it's the fact that you influence other people's lives yeah with with just the work and videos that you do yeah exactly like it's 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 been incredible i've I've loved the growing of the community and i hope that it, it keeps growing and it keeps you know it's at a point now where the discord is so helpful people come in with a question about obs or about green screens and there's you know, three or 4,000 people in there that can help each other out. And it's just such a great environment for people to be in. And sometimes I just sit back and look at it and be like, this is crazy. <laughs> like this whole thing is so mad. And I kind of have to pinch myself and say that like, if I hadn't started it in my bedroom one day, writing down those video ideas, like none of this would have happened. I'm pretty sure somebody else would have done it and maybe they would have done it much better, but yeah. <laughs> who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm I'm very happy with uh, with how things have gone, and the community is a big part of that. Yeah, and I, I will definitely say um, I've I was very impressed. Um, I I am in your Discord server. I'm in Gaming Careers. I um, I joined on there, especially once I found your content and kind of just going through when I see people talking, everyone in that community discussing, like you said, when somebody pops up and says, I have a question about this. And then so many people, so many supportive people in the community come out and they're like, Ooh, try this, try this. Are you having problems with this? Take a look at this. It's, it's so inspiring to see, um, a community kind of rally together like that. I, I feel like sometimes that can be a little few and far between. And I know when you have that success and you get that, it's something to truly treasure. And so I, I I can definitely tell that you have built a really strong community and a lot of people that are not only thankful for your videos, but thankful for you kind of bringing this together to help everyone out and continue their endeavors. Mm. It, and speaking of endeavors, I, I have this question because maybe it's me being slightly cynical, but, or maybe just me being a realist. I don't know. I have, there are a lot of content creators out there, a lot of people doing a lot of different things in there. And I've seen working at rock punch. I've seen a lot of different facets in that. And one of the thing that's really been interesting and in kind of learning more about you, Pete and about gaming careers is that you make videos for others. You, you, you generally are not in, especially talking now you weren't, going in trying to create content like this is my content this is what i'm doing you know hey i'm playing games or doing all this other stuff you're making videos to say hey you need help with cinematic filters or obs studio or adobe premiere or your green screen effect or themes and widgets and stuff here's some tutorial videos on how to do that um what has motivated you to use gaming careers to help others because i think a lot of the a lot of content we do is very much more entertainment and we don't really see a lot of people um, doing content creation as a way to help others out with their own endeavors. So what has motivated you to kind of use gaming career to do that and help others with their goals? I think that was always the idea from the start for me was that it would be a place where I could teach people about some of these more difficult to learn aspects or um, 
a lot of the content that existed when I started it, if, if you just search for an OBS tutorial, would be a successful streamer talking through their OBS settings, which I understand that the idea behind that is helpful, but it is literally the least helpful thing that you could do. Because <laughs> if, if you then follow that tutorial, you're going to be in a different location. You have different computer hardware specs. You're probably playing a different game. You are have a different inter internet connection. Like so many variables are different. So mm -hmm. following somebody else's settings, they're not right for you. And I kind of got frustrated by that fact. So I wanted to at least create videos where I talked through the settings and what each one meant so that I could teach people so that they could then use their understanding of their own setup to get the, the, the best settings for them. Um, so for me, the idea always from the start was that the, the video content was going to be tutorial based. Now that it's become a full-time thing, I do want to have other kinds of content on there. You know, I would love to start a podcast myself, um, you know, maybe start doing some live streams and things like that, because now that I have so much more time, there are these aspects of the, of the channel that I want to grow. Um, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start them until you know I feel ready that I can commit to a weekly schedule with a podcast and things like that. But of course, of course, the main the main majority of the channel is always going to be tutorials and teaching people stuff. I've I've loved learning all this stuff over the past six years, and I still learn every single day. And for me, that is the most satisfying thing is them being able to pass that down into my communities. Uh, arms if you like and then they can apply that <laughs> understanding uh to their own streams I, I i've always been surprised by that being the fact that i enjoy the most but i have a lot of teachers in my family like a lot of aunts and uncles that are teachers and for okay. me i was always just engineering was like my calling for sure i just love tech and i wanted to learn how things worked and i couldn't think of ever being a teacher and now it's kind of come full circle because now i really understand the joy of like teaching but i'm doing it about tech so maybe that was always in me and I just never knew that that was actually something that I really enjoyed doing. Um, obviously it's a different environment doing it in a classroom versus doing it over the internet, but it's, it's been one of the things that has surprised me about what I've enjoyed about running this channel. Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy now living in 2018 where we can connect, like even just us talking right now over hundreds of miles, thousands of miles can connect and socialize whether it's for entertainment purposes or for teaching purposes like you're doing with gaming careers it's really awesome to see uh i i will tell you my favorite video so far that you've done and it's 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 sounds so silly but it was a big deal for me is the uh, adding a countdown timer i'd sat there yeah. i had sat for a while like man i would when we started our streams here at rocket punch is like, okay, we just roll right in. And I was like, man, what if we had like some kind of splash screen? So that way we can make sure the stream is okay. Everything's running right before we jump into the show proper. And I remember one of the first videos I watched was adding a countdown time. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so easy. Why didn't I know how to do this before? And so it was even for me, you know, I, I'm sitting here as a member of rocket punch, uh, having this interview with you, but even with all that as a fan, like I definitely have to say thank you. Like even just something like that, where that could have been something you've known how to do. And you're like, Oh, this is pretty easy. Download this program, do this, this, and this was so mind blowing for me. And it was just so awesome that kind of with that question that someone was like, man, somebody took their time and made this video about putting a timer on a, video stream <laughs> I, I think i think probably it's 
because I've learned a lot through the internet as well. Like um, I was a software developer. That's what I was doing full time before um, going to gaming careers full time. And right. like that as a career, you, you're constantly Googling. Like 30% of your job is just Googling how to do stuff and learning new efficiencies or ways of doing things. And we live in this age where it's just like incredibly easy to learn something if you have an internet connection especially with things like YouTube. If there, you, you quite often find these YouTube channels that have, you know, 10 videos in a series that are teaching you exactly what you Googled for. And so I don't think it's that big of a deal to like teach other people. I see how it's, I see how appreciative people are of like a lot of the content that I create. And I've certainly seen that through things like my Patreon. And I can understand the mindset a bit more of people being like, oh, I've learned so much from you. So I'm happy to help contribute to, you know, you keep creating this kind of content. But for me, when I started it, I definitely didn't think that I was, you know, I didn't think of every individual person that I was helping. I was probably doing it more for a reason of, I want this content to exist on the internet. There should be a good guide out. Five years ago, I would have searched for this guide, but it didn't exist. So I had to learn the hard way through crawling through forums or <laughs> contacting devs or anything like that. So yeah, for me, it's, it's, um, it's been really nice to create this like catalog of tutorials and it does make me smile thinking of a new subscriber, like finding my channel and then seeing like 40 videos all in the topic that they want to learn more about. And sometimes it's about the thing of like, people don't know what they don't know. So that countdown timer one, maybe a lot of people didn't even know that something like that was possible. They haven't even seen it on a stream. I know it's super commonplace now, but when the video was released, two years ago or 18 months ago, it wasn't that common. And um, then it pops up in their subscriber feed because they've subscribed or maybe it's a recommended video. And they're like, actually, that's such a good idea. Like, why have I never started my stream 15 minutes before I come on camera, you know, get the chat going and start some interaction and get people ready there for the start. Um, so yeah, like, I, I really appreciate you saying thanks, but <laughs> I, I should probably think much more about my subscribers when I'm creating content. I've certainly got a lot of video ideas from my subscribers. So, um, you're, you're welcome, I guess is what I say, but also thank, thank you for being a subscriber. Oh yeah. No, no problem. Uh, it, it's, it helps out a lot and it's really helped us out at rocket punch. A lot of the videos that you've rolled out with our content. And so it's, you know, thank yous across the board from everyone. <laughs> um, shift gears here for a little bit. You've talked about it um, earlier in some of the questions we talked about, but one of the interesting things I don't think I've, I've ever talked about with anybody is about when a lot of people do content creation, a lot of the, usually one of the big main things that sits in the back of their head is they see all these very big popular people and they're like, man, I would love to do this full time. I wouldn't have to work and I could focus on games and do these videos and this content creation and you know I don't have to work at my humdrum job anymore and the reality is very few people get to do that um you're one of the lucky few that have the opportunity to do that and that is really based on the, the community that you have and a lot of other factors um that you've worked hard to achieve um what was the motivation for you to move forward with gaming careers as a full-time gig um, and, and, and deciding, you know, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. I want to, I want to pursue this as something that I want to do full time. For, it was definitely just the fact that I had so many ideas of things that I wanted to do, but I didn't have the time for it. So it, it grown 
the kind of unique thing about I think about gaming careers growth on YouTube was that I didn't pump out content but still grew massively. And like if you if you follow any advice on YouTube about growth and things like that, there's there's hundreds of videos of people telling you upload three times a week, upload daily even is like a massive recommendation and that helps the YouTube algorithm know that your content is always fresh and that's how you're gonna grow. And I did the opposite and somehow it still worked out as massive growth. And I think that's because I focused massively on quality over quantity. I didn't have the time to create a video even every week. I think if you look at like my average stats before going full time, I released a video probably more like once a month, maybe once every three weeks. Okay. No schedule or anything like that. It was so haphazard. <laughs> um, Sometimes it's how it's got to be, though. Yeah, and that was the most incredible thing was that like I still saw amazing growth without being able to put in anywhere near the right the right amount of time that it deserved. You know, because before I went full, I can't remember exactly what subscriber count I went full time at, just under hundred thousand somewhere. But I knew at that point that this idea clearly has legs like that there is plenty of people that subscribe to it and that think it's a good idea yet i'm only able to upload a video once every three weeks so if i can somehow manage to do this as my full-time job think not only how much more content i create but i can start a podcast i can start live streaming i can help people more directly i'll have more time to do things like this and loads of things that I wanted to do I didn't have time to because my priority whenever I had a spare second of the day had to be on creating another video for the channel because I knew that I wasn't uploading enough anyway yeah so for me once it got to that point and you know I spoke to a few people in my community I remember I like I sent out a community tab thing um about a year ago I think I was under 50,000 subscribers then just uh, one of these things on YouTube that you can do, like get a poll result. It's not even a video, but like some of your subscribers will see this like poll mm -hmm. um, on the community tab. And I just said, you know, if I started a Patreon with the aims of being able to do this full time, would you consider supporting? And like the feedback was just overwhelmingly positive. And I just thought at that point, like, I've just got to, I've got to hand in my notice. I've got to try this full time. Like I, I'm luckily in a position where I don't have huge expenses, like, I, I don't own a house, so I don't have big mortgage repayments and I don't have any kids, which is obviously <laughs> a lot cheaper. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> so for me, I was like, you know, I can take this risk, see how it is for six months. If it's not working out for me, then I can always go back to software developing. Like in London, they're so keen for software developers anyway. So I, I was confident I could walk back into a job, but it was pretty instant actually how quickly me quitting to realizing that it was the right decision um happened so yeah I, I made the decision based purely on feedback from my community and the fact that it had grown so quickly and to such a big number without that i don't want to say without that much effort because it was a lot of effort but without that much content created for it and without that much free time you know i was only really able to work on it one day a week and even that was sometimes limited yeah. You know, if I, if I wasn't around for a weekend or something like that. Okay. So in my head, I was like, I can dedicate five times or six times the amount of time that I currently can. <laughs> if I quit my job, like I'm surely only going to keep seeing growth if I can dedicate that much time to it. Okay. Okay. And, and the, the next question will probably piggyback a lot on the first one as well, but 
really diving in, if you have any more input on it, what was, I have to know just personally, what was the process behind making such a huge decision like that? I think that a lot of people during, that's a big decision because that shakes up your life as far as like revenue and money that's coming in. Like what was going through your mind when you were having to make that decision? Were you scared? Were you like, Oh no big deal. Definitely like the normal feelings. I felt <laughs> like scared. Is this a good choice? I obviously spoke to a lot of people about it. Both people that are in the industry and have, you know, done it themselves as well as just close family members and close friends. Because it's, it is still such a new career type that like my parents, they think it's amazing, but they have no idea what it means to have a hundred thousand subscribers <laughs> on YouTube. Like my siblings try and explain it. And I think they can take some of the excitement that my siblings get and be like, well, it must, it must actually be quite impressive, but they have no idea. Like they, they don't go on YouTube. They don't understand social media yeah. or anything like that. <laughs> but I, I took, I took all pieces of advice that I could. And, you know, I made sure that I had enough savings. I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to be starving if I tried this for six months. You know, I, I, it was a calculated risk. I truly believe that it would pay off for me, but I also had everything in place in case it didn't. And I, I kind of screwed myself over by like living in London, which is categorically one of the most expensive places to live. Yeah. <laughs> and I could, I could run this YouTube channel from literally anywhere in the world, as long as there's that connection. Yep. So I could definitely make things cheaper for myself if I wanted to, but it's, I've got a lot of uh, friends. Uh, that live around here so i wanted to keep living here so I, I took that into account and yeah i calculated the risk made sure that worst case scenario i would still be absolutely fine in six months time when i went back to find another job um i even secured the option of going back to my job if it didn't work out so like i, I felt very safe but then of course when you pull the plug you're, you still are nervous i still haven't really gotten over the fact of like the amount of time i spend working on this channel directly relates to how much money I make. So like, if I can get an extra video out every week, that will mean that I have more money to save. Um, so that really, I really struggle to switch off. Like I can't just relax and go to the cinema with friends without just constantly thinking like this three hours of watching a film is not as useful as me creating a video. So I've, I've definitely still got some learning to do there. Um, because I'm sure that if I don't manage to switch my brain off, uh, it's going to cause more issues down the road, but as you know, um, I've just enjoyed two weeks, uh, traveling around the Canadian Rockies, which was just the perfect reset. Like I yeah. didn't think about the internet because I had no internet. I just went on amazing hikes, looked at amazing scenery and it was the perfect break. And then you come back and you're just super motivated again to create content. So like, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been an incredible journey, but I would say it was a very calculated decision. I did not do it on a whim. I was thinking about it for probably six months and making sure everything was in place to deal with worst case scenarios should they happen. Yeah. And that's something definitely anybody who ever gets in that situation has got to remember, like plan. You don't just, you know, we all want that opportunity, but if it's presented to you, make sure it, it may not be the best decision for you to go that route. Maybe not at that time, maybe later, maybe um, for whatever reason. And you've got to make sure that, you know, just like you said, like plan, make it, make it a calculated risk. You know, there's always risk whenever you do something like that and make a big move like that. But if, if you plan, then I think you are setting yourself up for success regardless of what happens. And, and there's no guarantee that this keeps working for me, you know, could be six months down the line or it could be in a year's time that, I don't know, YouTube dies or something else comes out or there's a better creator. You, you just don't know. So you, there's always risk. 
and there's always an increased risk if you're if you're doing something yourself for your livelihood but it's what i want to do and i i feel like i have the plans in place if things do go sour so uh yeah i would definitely that would be my sentiment would be calculate the risk and make sure it's a it's, it's one that where it favors you yeah very true so in the time you've been doing gaming careers you said you've been probably two years now yeah i think i started it end of november two okay. years ago so coming up to two years so um are there any like successes or stumbles that you've run into with gaming careers that you've kind of had a lesson learned moment from um in the time that you've been doing it oh hundreds probably <laughs> i've learned so much about youtube and running a community and things like that that you know you'd love to you'd love to start your channel with all those lessons learned but it's almost it's almost better to make the mistakes and learn from the lesson that way i think um certainly things like uh, promising too much you know you might think when you start i can upload every week and that's going to be what i say to my youtubers you know a new video every tuesday but really really think about how how your schedule works and whether you can achieve that yeah um as well as yeah running running my community on discord i have i think over 4,000 members in there, but until two weeks ago, it was just me and one other moderator and we are kind of on opposite time zones. So it worked out ish, but you would always get some buddy posting something horrible and it could exist for a couple of hours before one of me or the other moderator could deal with it. So I learned that way that I should probably delegate and have give some more power to people that are contributing to the community so that they can help keep things clean. I think one of the things I've learned is that I like to control everything to do with it. <laughs> like I want to write the scripts. I want to film the videos. I want to edit the videos. I want to upload them on website. I want to run all my social media, but at some point, and I haven't crossed this bridge yet, but at some point I'm going to have to delegate if I want to keep growing and I want to keep creating the content for people, it probably doesn't make sense for me to run my website and deal with, you know, SEO or a new plugin for my website or um, I don't know, get back to every single question that I get on YouTube comments. It might be better to actually delegate that out to other people and use my time just purely to create the videos. Um, so that's something that I, I've learned, but I haven't applied yet, I guess, um, is that you can't, you can't control everything <laughs> when it grows to this size. You like to think that you can still reply to every single comment and run every single job so that you have full control over it. But in reality, it's going to be probably better for you to hire somebody that can do it better than you anyway yeah it um at rocket punch here we have it's myself and my other two teammates will and chris and i will definitely say uh, piggybacking off that it, it does make it easier when you're creating content if you have more people doing it and you're like okay you do this you do this it makes it easier there are still and uh, say struggles or just like hurdles you have to overcome with that especially when you're working on a team to making sure everybody's on the same page. Communication is a big one on those, but I know that, um, Chris, one of the friends, he was doing some stuff and starting it on his own and from doing it on his own for a little bit and then coming and helping us with rocket punch. He, he tells me every once in a while, man, it's such a marked difference in trying to get content out on your own and then trying to get it out um, when you're part of a team. So, you know, if somebody gets sick, if somebody's out for an extended amount of time, you have that, um, kind of cushion, I guess I would say to kind of piggyback off of. So I definitely think that's a good idea is like learning to 
as you grow, you're going to have to say, okay, I'm going to have to let somebody take, take the wheel. And in, especially in your case, Pete, it can be kind of scary. You're having somebody say, okay, help me out with this. And I know it could feel kind of nervous. Like, mm. you know, I'm, I'm giving you my baby. Take good care of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just have to, you have to trust people. And like the, the main example actually that I've learned from is, uh, probably about a year ago, I started, um, being contacted by companies and one company sent me out a product and I said that I would do a, a review. Um, and I agreed to all sorts of timings and it was a good product for my audience. It made sense for me to review this product and talk about how it works and things like that. But then basically since I received the product, some real life stuff went down and I wasn't really able to do anything for the YouTube channel for six weeks, maybe, maybe even two months. And I wasn't able to deal with that. I didn't have the process in place to be able to communicate, you know, with the company and say, listen, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't create this content because I, I was so small and I hadn't thought about the fact that, you know, you could get sick or any of these things could happen. And all of a sudden, because you're the person that's running everything and doing everything, yeah. you can no longer deal with it. And so I, I felt bad about letting this company down. Um, but I've definitely learned the lesson from that, that I need to prepare for situations like this. You can't just, you can't just agree to contracts or things with companies. Um, just because you think at that time you could definitely make a video in two days time or something like that, because you've just got to prepare yeah. for the worst, because if the worst can happen and you take that risk enough, then it may well happen and you have to have some process in place. So like now, for example, I try, I'm trying to get videos out every single week, but I have, um, like the process set up where I can release a video that I've pre-made if I get ill. So I try and always have like one in reserve and probably yeah. moving into 2019, I'll move to a much more structured process where I'm batch filming videos, batch editing videos, and then always having videos ready to go because you just don't, you, you just don't know like what could happen when you're a one man show. That's very um, true. Very, very true. So I definitely appreciate what you say about uh, getting more people on board onto the team. And I am trying my very best to let control of all aspects of my business go. <laughs> And let people that are better at certain jobs do that job. And I think everybody, especially when you content create, I think always has, that's something that you have to bump up against and kind of figure out what you want to do and how you want to proceed with that. Um, and even just echoing what you had said earlier about lessons learned, uh, even when you run into those issues and those bumps in the road, I th it, it's so funny how we that sticks with us more. And we remember more about that lesson when we have the issue ourselves, instead of just being like, Oh, I already know this and feeling a little overconfident and thinking you have everything under control. Um, I want to ask this question. So I'm sure some listeners may be interested, especially in your specific situation, because you are, you know, hum you know, able to do this as a full-time gig. And some people may be asking this question. They may not necessarily like the answer because I think it's a multifaceted answer. We'll see what you think, uh, Pete. But um, what are some of the tips and tricks you could recommend to others to try trying to make similar projects into a full-time gig? Are there any tips or tricks that exist if somebody wants to try and make content creation a full-time gig? Um, what, do you, what do you think? I think you can you could basically make any content creation into a full-time gig, as long as you are producing 
quality content and there is an audience for it. Like those two things have to exist, but there is an audience for pretty much everything on the internet. That is the most amazing thing about the internet is that, mm -hmm. you know, there are bands that only have 5,000 fans and they can go to each city and they probably only have you know, five or 10 people that would turn up to watch them. But because of the internet, all of these fans can rejoice and talk about that band and, you know, make content around it or whatever. It, it doesn't really matter how small the niche is because if it's small enough for you to like, then there's probably going to be at least a thousand people around the world that also like it and are also searching for it. So as long as you are then producing quality enough content for it, um, that people feel like they want to support you, be it just by watching your content or, you know, buying your CD or however it is that you end up monetizing your, your creative, um, product that you're sending out there. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there, there is always ways to make it a full-time gig, but the caveat to that is, is that it's not a sprint in any means. Like you need to put in an unreal amount of work to learn the skills and to get good enough and to grow enough to be able to get to that point. And there are countless examples of people that give up too early because they think, oh, I've been doing this for, I mean, for streaming, it's, it's sometimes laughable. Like people will give up after a week and they've bought a new gaming PC and things like that. <laughs> and you question the mindset of these people when they go in, like it is a lot of work to design your own job. And that is basically what you're doing. If you want to become a full-time creative in any industry, you, you have to get exceptionally good at the skill that you're doing, be that comedy or whatever it is, you have to get good at it and you have to build an audience big enough that you could monetize it and it could pay you a full time. It's, it's an incredible amount of work. And I think a lot of people underestimate how, how long you have to go with no reward. Because you could quite easily be running a YouTube channel for, for multiple years without even reaching the minimum that YouTube requires you to join the partner program and start earning money. But then even then it's such a laughable amount. There's no point really enabling it until you're at 10,000 subscribers. And you know, even then you're making a few bucks a month or whatever. It's, it's one of those things where it, it scales. You need to be so far up the scale for it to be a full-time gig, but at the same time, it takes a long time to get that far up the scale. Yeah. It doesn't always take a long time. You know, some people do get lucky. Some people get shout outs and things like that, but for the vast majority of people, you're going to have to work for a very long time, very hard with very little payback. And you just have to have the right mindset of the end goal or the fact that you're growing and just concentrate on like the little things that's, that's going right for you and trust that you're going in the right direction to eventually hopefully make it your full-time gig. It's just, it's just not, it's not right to start a channel with that, with that idea. It can definitely be a dream that you want to do it full-time. You enjoy it so much more than your daily job and your grind, but you, there's no point going all in too early. You have the grind to, you have is still going to be there, whether it's at mm -hmm. work or in your creative aspect, it's the grind is still going to be there. And I think um, yeah, what we talked about earlier, passion, you've got to have that drive and that passion. If you don't have that at your base, it's going to make it harder, especially when you, if it say something where you, it is going to take two, three years to get to that point that you want to be at. If you have that passion, you're going to be more motivated to continue on than that kind of the example you gave earlier, where you did it for a week, brought a brand new gaming PC, got a super awesome graphics card. And then you said, Oh, I'm not getting the viewers. I want them out. Yeah. Live streaming is 
because it's it's because it's grown so quickly and a lot of people are hearing about you know ninja live streaming with drake and all these kind of things are reaching mainstream news people think oh i i love video games like who doesn't love video games (laughs) i think i'm quite entertaining i could probably be a big streamer and they just don't realize how much effort that will have taken like even ninja the biggest streamer at the moment people think he's an overnight success but they don't realize that the four or five years that he's been streaming and being a competitive gamer trying to grow that just because you've heard about him overnight doesn't mean he was an overnight success you just haven't seen the previous years of grind that he's gone through and i think that's kind of the problem a lot of the time people in interviews they a lot a lot of times interviewers want to pinpoint the reason that they've become so successful and could be a shout out from drake or it could be something like that but realistically so many things have gone right because of hard work for them to get them even to that point to get lucky and people in streaming think that oh if i just get hosted by somebody um hosting for your listeners is basically when a a large streamer finishes their stream they can choose to then host another stream on via their stream so all their viewers technically go to this new stream and it's like it's an amazing moment because quite often you'll get channels with ten thousand people watching all of a sudden watching somebody with like three or four viewers and this person isn't expecting this to happen and they suddenly have 10,000 people in their chat. But that's it's not sustainable. You ha- you then have to provide quality enough content for these people to want to stay around. They're, they might just last 10 seconds and then your view account drops all the way back down. Or they might wait w- watch to the end of the stream. But if you're not providing the quality enough content for those people to stay around and come and watch you the next day or the next time you're streaming, then that lucky thing that happened to you didn't really make that much of a difference and uh, people focus way too much on the overnight success and what caused that overnight success and they don't realize actually the massive difficulties they've gone through one of my favorite things to do when i find a new youtuber and maybe they have a million subscribers and i'm like oh man how have i not heard of this person before like this content is amazing i want to go back i want to see you know six years ago what their setup was how you know i want to see when they were really doing it for pure passion they definitely weren't earning money at that stage and like if they're still the same they've still got that same passion that burning desire then that's perfect like they 100% deserve that and I think that is the real difference you 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 have to go into these things certainly YouTube and Twitch and think it could quite easily be two years from now and I'm not earning any money from that do will I still have the passion to keep going at that point because the odds are massively stacked against you. It's such a popular job streaming and YouTube now that to stand out and make a full-time career, you do have to work really hard for a long time without earning any money. Yeah. I've probably harped on on that point a little bit too much. But, <laughs> but it's it, bold it, and underlined. I, I can, I, I'll get on the, on the bandwagon with you, Pete. It's, it's really true. Uh, it's, I mean, a lot of, we do, we do a lot of podcasting, Twitch streams, and video recording. And even when we started, I think we, I know I was conferring with everybody and we're like, here's the number one thing we have to make sure we're doing here is we have to want to be here to do this. Especially for what we do, we do a lot. And we can't just, oh, I just want to be famous. That can't be the reason you're here. Otherwise, you're going to feel really bad when we're here two, three, four, however long it takes. And we're still, you know, man, I wish we had more viewers at this point, et cetera, et cetera. Or I wish we were partner. Or I wish we were certified on YouTube for whatever reason. You have to 
again, have to have that passion. You have to have that motivation to say, I want to do this because I like doing this. And I think kind of a twist on it as well. If you have that passion and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Pete, you will, it will show in the work you do and people, people will see that and it will drive more people to your content. It's like a vicious cycle. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so true. You can, you can probably keep up fake passion for a few days at most, but if you are realistically, if you're a streamer starting out, you're going to probably have a few weeks where you have zero viewers and can you still be talking to yourself, you know, for three or four hours on end whilst playing a game when you have zero viewers, that's a, that's a tough ask of anybody. And I think a lot of people think that they are going to grow extremely quickly, but then quickly realize how many people want this job and how competitive it is. I I want I, I still want to get there's a shirt um, that I think Penny Arcade has on their website. You may have seen it, Pete. It's the um the like the purplish Twitch shirt, and it says "Stream like nobody's watching," and it has the <laughs> zero 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 counter on the bottom on there. And it, I'm like, I saw that. I'm like, man, it's so true. That's a great idea. <laughs> so, so true. Um, and it, I I wanted to mention this story because it, it piggybacks on what you're saying, Pete. I I went to a Twitch meetup here locally, I think in Tennessee a couple of weeks back. And I remember meeting um, one of the guys there who he's partnered, he's partnered with Twitch now, but I remember him telling me a story. And as we were talking, he told me, he's like, I got, I streamed for like a year, year and a half. Um, had, he had to do a lot of work, a lot of hustle on his end. And even when he got that letter, that email saying, Hey, we'd love to invite you to our partner program. He denied it. He said, no, I'm not going to do it right now because he didn't feel he was at a point, a comfortable enough point where he could handle that. And so I think he like the second or third time he finally got that um, notification. He finally accepted partnership. But even then, even when you're ready, you have to understand yourself and know that you may not be, you may not feel like, "Mm, you know, maybe, maybe not yet. Maybe Mm. I want to take a second. I mean, that's amazing insight from, from them. I think way too many people jump at the opportunity of, signing affiliate on Twitch. I don't know how much you know about the, the like Twitch journey, but there's something they've introduced called affiliate. Yep. Oh, um, we're, which is, we're affiliates at Rocket Punch. Yeah. Good. I mean, they've, they've done this thing where it's, it's great to have a roadmap of, of seeing w- how to get to affiliate and then how to get to partner and little things that you can check off and average viewer numbers and things like that. But they also have set the ba- the barrier so low that people feel amazing when they hit affiliate they think oh my god yes i'm gonna start making money (laughs) they see dollar signs in their eyes and then they sign an exclusivity contract with twitch which means that they can't dual stream to like a second network at the same time Mm -hmm. and very smart from a business point of view from twitch but i wish more people had the insight of the person that you met at your twitch meetup and thought you know realistically i'm not gonna i'm not gonna even reach the payout limit on twitch for months when I'm an affiliate with an average of three viewers. So maybe I should just hold off and wait until I feel more ready to be able to deal with that kind of thing. Because even at that stage, it just shouldn't be about money. You're, you're so early in the, in the journey of becoming a full-time streamer that it doesn't, it doesn't really matter that you've hit that threshold. And it's the exact same on YouTube earlier in the year, YouTube upped their requirements for reaching their partner program. I'm going to get it wrong, but it's something like. 4,000 minutes of watch time in the last month. I think that's right. If I remember Some, right, something along there. And there was uproar, a lot of people saying, oh, it's impossible now like to reach 
but even at that point like you are earning pence like it's not worth monetizing <laughs> even at that point like you should just wait until you're bigger because yeah I, th I think if only i could get across that point that you've made with uh, the friend that you met at a twitch event um, yeah. i think we'd be in a better place but unfortunately a lot of people start streaming and start youtube with the desire to make money from it so as soon as they get given the opportunity they think yes i'm ready and in two weeks time i'm going to be the next ninja and realistically you're probably not <laughs> you're right you can, you can get there with a lot of hard work i don't deny that i don't want to put a massive uh, debbie downer on this whole thing like you could get there with hard work but it's going to be hard work that gets you there it's not going to be um the fact that you just think you're instantly entertaining when you start I mean, we, we streamed, we did, um, we did multi streams as well when we started out. And then, um, when we got the notification for affiliate, which we weren't even expecting, it just kind of popped up. We still took, we took our time. We talked about it as a group. We said, is this what we want to do here? Are the pros and cons, is this the route we want to take? Like with rocket punch and what we're with, what we're doing, is this the smart route to take? And, mm -hmm. um, we made, we made an informed decision on how we wanted to go. And, and you're right. There are a lot of people that jump at the chance to do a, a affiliate. Um, specifically on Twitch, but they have to make sure it's the right decision for them. Uh, ooh. One I've got for you here, um, especially talking about gaming careers with you, Pete, here. A lot of aspiration. Yeah, it's a not not too much aspirations going in, but as your I think as your community's grown, you've got a lot of stuff planning in the works with gaming careers. Um, what do you hope to see and, and or achieve with gaming careers in the short and long term here? Um, do you have any specific goals um, currently in a short term, like a couple of months or maybe in long term in the next couple of years in um, moving and kind of continuing to grow gaming careers? I spoke about it a little bit earlier, but I think things that I'm really looking forward to doing is um, eventually broadening out from just YouTube and maybe having some live streams, maybe start my own podcast. Um, just being able to help in a variety of different ways rather than just videos. But I don't want to rush into that until I'm sure that I can meet the demands that that would take. So ideally, I'm thinking maybe at the start of the year, I will eventually have a schedule of some sort, which will have multiple different pieces of content through the week, maybe one on YouTube, one podcast one live stream. I don't know. I, I'm literally just spitballing here, but <laughs> the idea to, to go into more, um, a more routine structure is definitely something that I want to do, but I want to make sure that I commit to that promise before I go and promise it to my whole audience. Um, long-term, I just want to, I want it to become the, the best place for new content creators or streamers or anybody involved in gaming that wants to learn. I'd love to have a whole host of content for them to learn. And I mean, it's definitely going in that direction. So I don't see any huge changes, but for me, being able to be on more platforms is probably the, the biggest thing. And um, I know there's been a lot of demand in the past for me to start live streaming and have a podcast, but realistically, as I'm sure you're aware, like you have, to, you have to have a lot of organizational structure to be able to be releasing a podcast on a weekly basis. Yes. You know, we probably first spoke over a month ago maybe two months ago and something like that like, it was about two months ago 
that's an incredible amount of preparation that you've put in if you're having to do that for every single guest that you interview and I'm fully aware that that's a lot of work and I could probably start a podcast tomorrow and I could probably get you know the first 10 guests lined up but I don't want to start it until I know that I can do a full year and have 52 guests you know um yeah. I, I'm well aware of the limitations of taking on an extra bit of work which might just seem like oh it's just a couple of hours a week I know full well that you probably put 10 times that much effort into just each podcast episode so we've it's i definitely it's a lot of work it's you know we we've talked about hustle throughout this entire episode but um getting a hustle and whatnot you know viewers and people consuming the content they see very nice polished video nice everything is scripted you have these things that pop in and out but even just not even on a production side and actually making the content. I know for us, like organizing, I've, I've got a Trello board that I use as a calendar and I have, it's a mess, Pete. There's so many <laughs> like, okay, I got to talk to this person this day. Then I got to talk to this person this day. This is when this is going to release. This is when this is going to go. And that's, you know, that's a process. And that's something that again, like you've kind of what you've said, been saying here as well. Like, it's not something that is, going to happen overnight. That was a process we had to figure out, okay, like this is going to work best for us. And if we follow this path, um, we're playing, we have this stuff this week, but we're planning two, three weeks ahead and uh, knowing what's going on. Then that really, really helps us as a lot, especially in, you know, in short and long term, kind of getting an idea. I know one thing that we do here at rocket punch is, um, extra life. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, Pete, um, or if any of our viewers out. Um, Extra Life is the um, kind of uh, charity live streams uh, that uh, they do uh, around the world, I think in November-ish time frame. And we've already started planning that. Like, we've been planning that for the last month or two in this September as we're recording this now. And so it, kind of getting that prep ahead of time, I, I definitely agree with you. Mm. Yeah, I think people underestimate how much work goes into creating good content. It seems very, even like my videos, people probably watch and think you could do that in half a day because you just have to record it, upload it, and then maybe send some social media out about it. But there's, I think in my list of like jobs to do for each video is like over 60 now. I have like a, a Google Sheets, like an Excel document mm -hmm. with all the jobs across the top and then the video ideas down below. and. Yeah, it's reached like 60, 65 steps to creating a video now, which is incredible. Like, but that that much work needs to go into it to create to create a video that I'm happy with in terms of quality. And I know that it would be the same if I was doing a podcast or if I was doing a live stream. Like, I'd want to I'd want to take it seriously, but I'd want to make sure that I can commit to the the ideas before beforehand. So yeah, I'm the same. Got a horrendously messy Trello board. <laughs> Got like post-it notes all over my desk that I save myself for like the next day of jobs to do. Um, it's a lot of work, but like we do it because we love it. Yep. Most definitely. And I've, it's, it was funny is it continues to grow as you continue to do this stuff as well. It makes me excited about doing what I do. And I'm sure the same for you it makes you excited about doing what you're doing. One of the last couple of questions always like saving this question for towards the end. And it's probably one of our favorite questions that we like asking people that come up here on creator spotlight. What advice 
Pete, would you give to someone who wants to start their own creative project? Now it's, you know, we take that scenario. Maybe there's a listener out there, somebody who's hearing this and saying, man, they're doing a lot of cool stuff with this. I would really like to start doing that. And, you know, maybe it's not for a monetary gains. So they're just like, man, I, I really want to jump in and create this content. I really like video games or it doesn't even have to be video game related. I like history or other topics that I want to, you know, talk about with other people, um, what advice would you maybe impart upon them to kind of help them get started and kind of help motivate them to keep going on their creative endeavors? I mean, it's, it's commonplace that people say this, but like you should just start because I can't remember the quote exactly, but it's the best time to plant a tree was a hundred years ago. And the next best time is today. Yep. Like you're always going to wish that you started on YouTube or you started on Twitch or wherever you're wanting to put your creative ideas. You wanted to start years ago because imagine where you could be today. But if, if you keep thinking like that, then you're never going to start. So you should just start and um, start getting content out there. And it doesn't matter if you're not ready and you think that your content isn't good because the whole point in this process is that you get better as you go on. We said that at the very start, like if we look back at our earlier episodes, for me in gaming careers, I'm sure the same for you in your podcast, like you hear that you weren't good and you weren't happy with how you framed yourself or how you spoke or any of these aspects, but you learn those things. Like all of these creative processes are things that you can learn and get better at over time. You need the practice. You need to put the hours in to get better and better at them. So I would, number one piece of advice for somebody wanting to start would be to start, stop thinking about all the things that can go wrong and stop getting caught up in how long it might take. Just start. If you enjoy it and you want to have your content out on the internet, you should start for that reason and that reason on its own. Probably the hardest thing that you're going to deal with is when you feel like it's not paying off and you're not growing and you're putting all this time in and it's not getting any bigger. And at that point, I would probably suggest um, stepping back from the numbers because people can become obsessed with numbers. Every single one of these platforms now tells you how many subscribers or how many followers or interactions you've got or how many downloads. And it, it can, you can become obsessed with stats and you can release a video and be like, oh, that, you know, really tanked in terms of my videos re recently, it's not done anywhere near as well. And you can overanalyze. Sometimes it can just be, you know, that that video didn't do well and you just have to accept it and move on and create the next one. But if you get so lost in these statistics that it starts to demotivate you and you lose sight of the end goal, which may be that you want to do it full time, or it may just be that you want to, you know, have a hundred videos uploaded or f five podcasts or whatever it is, just set yourself a realistic goal and don't get distracted by the numbers because they are there to motivate you, but they can also have the complete opposite if you're not careful. Agreed. <laughs> it, it, it's very hard, especially nowadays with speaking on the numbers part you were talking about, Pete, when you see those numbers, you, you want to see that number grow. You know, I take Twitch, for example, man, your affiliate. I can't wait till I get partner. I got to get that 75 of concurrent, concurrent yeah. viewers. And I got to get these amount of, of followers and I got to stream this amount of days. And, and while that is helpful, there is a time, there is a point where you've got to look at yourself and say, look, step away from the numbers, step away from the statistics, step away from this. Let's just have fun. 
recording a, a podcast. And I, I know that some of my, some of my favorite podcasts and stuff that we've recorded have been very much like, okay, guys, you know, shut the numbers down. I know we keep them on there just to keep an eye on them. Let's shut it down. Let's just, or even not, they may still be up, but we ignore them. We're sitting there and when we get into that conversation and we have that talk, we get lost in that and we're not thinking about the numbers. We're just talking about, man, I can't believe this game did this or this developer did that. And again, it shows it will come out in your content um, and people will notice it. People know to, people can tell when something is genuine and when something is not, and um, they'll be able to see that and they will come. So I definitely, definitely agree. Advice. Definitely agree. Definitely good advice. Um, always love that. I think that uh, I know one of the things with creator spotlight is we hope in asking that question, we can hope help, hopefully help others who are listening in to kind of motivate them. And because it's one of the big things behind creator spotlight is not only talking to you guys and all the creatives that come on here, but ho hopefully helping to motivate others to kind of do their own creative project. So always one of my favorite questions. Okay. Pete, we're wrapping up here with the interview. Um, always, always, always have to do this. Um, love doing it here. How can people interact with you? What, this is the plug segment of the show. So throw those plugs on in here. <laughs> I think, uh, most people probably listened and are interested in any of the YouTube stuff. Um, you can find me over at YouTube, uh, just search gaming careers. I should be the first result. <laughs> Otherwise I'm doing something pretty wrong. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram and have a website at gamingcareers.net, but, uh, they're all sort of interlinked. So whichever one takes your fancy and then you can follow more if you, if you feel the need to. Okay. Okay. Easy enough. Uh, I like that we have the same approach. Like, look, I could give you a string of links. Just go to this one place and you'll be able to find whatever you want, whatever you yeah. want to do. Um, there, but that is it for this episode of creator spotlight. Um, I'm going to say it multiple times, but, uh, Pete, thank you so much for joining us, uh, today and kind of sitting down and chatting with us, um, throughout your busy schedule. We really appreciate you kind of sitting down and, um, us planning this and getting a chance to chat with you about gaming careers and kind of, uh, the stuff you've done to make it successful. Not at all. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And. For everybody listening in, thank all the listeners here. Uh, we thank you guys so much for kind of hopping in, listening to this episode. Um, remember, guys, you can always check out our content um, for Rocket Punch over at rocketpunchgo.com. That's your one-stop shop for everything we do. So all of our podcasts, our videos, um, it streams, everything and more is going to be directly right there. Um, so you definitely head over there and check out our stuff there. That's it, Pete. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, cannot thank you enough for getting the opportunity to kind of sit down and talk with you. Um, I was super excited about this recording in this episode. So I'm finally glad we got to sit down and chat. No, I enjoyed it. It was, that was really fun. Right. And thank you guys listeners so much. We will talk to you on the next episode.